Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host here on the DTP. My name is Colton G, and this week on the show, I'm joined by Cone McCasklin, bass player of a legendary Canadian rock band, Sum 41. And we're going to be talking about the group's latest album, Order and Decline. But before we go ahead and get there, I just want to go ahead and mention that today's episode of the DTP is brought to you by I love DTP.com. And of course, that's because I love DTP.com is not only the best way of where you can go ahead and support the show, it's also where you are going to go ahead and find yourself the latest and greatest in Desert Tiger Podcast merchandise so that you can represent the show everywhere you go, in front of your friends, your family, and hell, even in front of your enemies, because screw those guys, they can't stop you from chasing your dreams and doing what you truly want to do. After proving they were not just capable of healing, but also improving with their comeback album, 13 Voices, Sum 41 was more than ready to prove that they could still strike with force, immediately beginning to craft what they consider to begin their heaviest album to date. With a catalog that isn't exactly light by any means, Sum 41 still manages to accomplish this feat with a crushing wall of sound driven by lyrics focusing on themes such as Moving forward from the person you once were, hate and division in the world right now, and feeling a sense of connection with a parent who you've never actually ever met. Order and Decline is a powerful and passionate battle cry for mosh pit warriors and those living in a divided time, looking for a soundtrack to their journey for unity and for making a difference. Like I said earlier, my guest on today's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast is the bass player for legendary Canadian rock band Sum 41. He is Cone McCasklin, and we're going to be discussing all things order and decline, and we're also going to be talking about the 15-year anniversary of of one of the band's other heaviest albums, that of course being 2004's Chuck. We're going to be discussing a few of the differences between those albums over this 14-year period, and of course we're going to be talking about a few of the similarities as well. All of this and more as we rumble through the jungle with Cone on today's episode of the DTP. So why don't we go ahead and get this thing kicked off right by playing you, the listeners of the podcast, one of the tracks off of Order in Decline. Of course, we're going to be playing a few of them here on today's episode, but we're going to be starting things off with one of my favorite tracks off of this album, and this is entitled A Death in the Family.
DTP fam, we are here with a person known as Dr. Dynamite, a person known as Sniper, but also a person best known as Cone McCaslin, the bass player for legendary Canadian rock band Sum 41. Thank you so much for joining the show today, Cone. Thanks for having me. So many names. So many names. How, how do you just keep all these faces straight? I actually forgot about, well, <clears throat> the Dr. Dynamite Operation MD thing we haven't been doing for a while, so I actually kind of forgot about that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and none of them are my real name. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah. All right, so you guys are currently touring the United States in support of your latest album, that, of course, being Order in Decline. How is that tour going for you guys so far? That's great. Um, we're about a week and a half till the end, so we've been out for a while. <clears throat> you know, the funny thing about touring the States is there's so many cities to hit. Um, so we, I mean, this will be about a five-week tour, six weeks with rehearsals, and, you know, we haven't even probably done even half the country in that time. So like, there's, there's just so much to do in the U.S. So, you know, we're just trying to, like, play as many as we can right now. Um, before the Christmas break, and uh, but so far it's been great. Like we have some cool bands out with us, the Plot and You, Amity Affliction, 
um, yeah, so I think we're all having a really good time. Oh, that's awesome. Definitely a fantastic bill for sure. What has the reception been like to for the new album? Uh, I think it's been good. I mean, we like it. And, um, you know, playing, playing the new stuff live, you know, not everyone in the crowd obviously knows all the, um, you know, all the tracks from the new album, but we're, we play probably four or five new ones a night. And uh, it seems to be good. Like, you know, obviously, Out for Blood, the song Out for Blood, feels like it's a uh, an old song already like everyone knows that one and uh, that's one of the one of the bigger songs of the set right now I think and that one's really fun to play so I mean yeah I, I feel like people are liking it and I mean we like playing it so extremely energetic very loud very powerful and I definitely feel that the live crowd would be loving that for sure yeah okay so let's talk about uh a little bit more about order in decline it was released earlier this year on july 19th what was the recording process for for order in decline for you i know that you aren't necessarily the chief lyricist for the band but what was the um creation of this album like for you in comparison to your latest album 13 voices of course that coming off of a little bit of a break and then also in comparison to say maybe chuck which was released 15 years ago yeah uh well this one was i guess a little bit different than 13 voices but a lot different than chuck um on chuck we you know we had we were still on a major label we had recording budgets bigger recording budgets than we can get now and uh, so we went, you know, you book at a studio, we were in Los Angeles together, we went to Sound City, which is a legendary studio, and kind of just knocked it out um, over the span of a few months. Um, and, you know, we had, you know, producer, we've hired an engineer, and, you know, we're all together all the time, living together, and then, you know, cut the 13 voices. It was kind of like we were off of a major label. We were, didn't even have a label at the time, so we just decided to record the songs on our own and most of it was done at Derek's house and uh so I you know for bass for me I I flew down and did about half the record at his house and then I did the rest of it at my own house in my own home studio so you know and then ordering to climb was kind of like that but more more stuff was done at our own homes on ordering to climb we kind of did pre-production together in LA and then once we got the songs to a certain point where we all felt comfortable with them and all liked them. Then we all just went home to our home studios and recorded them on our own and then just, you know, sent the files back to Derek in LA and, you know, he put them in the session and then mixed them and that kind of thing. So it's, it's changed quite a bit since Chuck, but um, it was kind of going this way since 13 voices. Okay. Was it a bit different with this being the first full album since with Dave being back since he sort of joined in the middle of the recording process last time? He was pretty much around for the whole thing at 13 Voices. But I think on 13 Voices, Derek um, had recorded a bunch of stuff already, um, guitar-wise. But on this one, you know, Tom and Dave did basically the majority of the guitars on Order and Decline. Um, So that was a little bit different. So that was really the only thing. But Dave was, yeah, Dave was back pretty much from the get-go of 13 Voices. Okay. All right, so... Order and Decline has been called one of your heaviest albums to date. I mean, as a fan of the band growing up, I mean, all of your albums have been heavy for various different reasons. But what songs stand out to you? 
Um, I think I mean one of my favorite songs on the album is probably "Turning Away." Um, I like that song kind of from the get-go, from its demo stages when Derek sent me the first kind of demo of it, um, just because it kind of has everything that we do. You know, it's got a little piano in the intro. Um, it's got you know obviously a ripping solo from Dave. It's got a fast, catchy chorus. So it kind of has everything in one um, that we kind of do. And obviously, "Out for Blood." "Out for Blood" was kind of um, you know, kind of one of those songs that you just knew as soon as we recorded it, we're like, okay, well, <laughs> that's one of the best songs on the, on the record for sure. That's why it was the first single. And uh, so I, but I think, yeah, I think Turning Away is a personal favorite of mine. This album definitely also seems to take a little bit more of a political turn, whereas 13 Voices seem to be a lot about healing and otherwise. Did you guys end up voting in the Canadian election at all? <laughs> Um, I actually did not, sadly, because I was away, and I totally spaced out on the fact that I needed to do, like, the early voter mail-in thing. So I'm shameful to say that I did not vote in the election, but I have a pretty good excuse. I mean, it's hard when you're on tour to, you know, I've just kind of spaced on it, but, uh, yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, if you guys are in the middle of the States, I'm not even sure what the process for that even looks like. Well, I did call, yeah, I mean, when I called them, it was about a week out of the election, and they basically said it was going to, I couldn't do it, because it was, they would have to mail me a ballot, and then, and that's even hard, because I'm in a different city every day, and then I would have to fill it out, mail it back, all within, you know, this time frame before the election, so... They basically said, you know, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> I said, okay. Well, let's hope someone that I want to win wins. <laughs> I just told my wife who to vote for. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully things went your way, and if not, I mean, there's always another four years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
Desert Tiger Podcast. So I know that you have done a little bit of production yourself in the past, but I know that Derek has mostly handled the production for Sum 41. Did you do any of the production for this album, or did he mostly handle that beast from this regard? No, it was mostly him, but I mean, in saying that, like I said, we all recorded our own stuff at our home, so I mean, we all kind of engineered, I, I guess you could call it, our own guitar parts and bass parts and stuff like that, and then, you know, once we were done with that thing, with that stuff, we just basically sent the files to Derek, and, uh, you know, he wasn't even really supposed to mix the album, it just kind of happened that way, where the, the songs were done, and he was trying to put together some, you know, rough mixes or whatever, uh, to show our management and show our label and stuff like that. And after that was kind of done, they basically said, like, why would you go pay, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for an inside mixer that sounds great already? I mean, his rough, Derek's rough mixes are always pretty amazing. <laughs> so, so I wasn't surprised that, uh, you know, it turned out to be his mixes because, you know, his, when I get, well, even his demos, when I get his demos in the early stages, I'm like, this sounds like a, a record, <laughs> you know, like where's, you know, so I'll send demos, and they definitely sound like demos. His demos don't sound like demos. They sound like records. So. <laughs> Just a different yeah. level of production quality and vision. Yeah, like he's just been doing it a long time, and he's he's learned a lot of tricks from the Lord Algae Brothers, who have, you know, mixed a lot, basically all of our records. So, you know, he kind of takes all that kind of stuff and makes it his own. Awesome. Awesome. So this is also one of the other anniversary, like I mentioned earlier, of one of the other darkest albums, which is considered by a lot of people, which is Chuck. I know that you guys are playing a lot of Chuck during this United States tour. Do you guys plan on playing a lot of Chuck when you come up back to Canada to tour with The Offspring, a band which was actually one of the first larger bands to take you out on the road? Yeah, um, it's hard to say. I mean, we'll definitely play a, a few, but, you know, the set length is going to be a little shorter on that run um, than we're doing now. I mean, we're doing an hour 40 or something right now, so we can fit a bunch of songs in that we wouldn't normally fit in. But I think, you know, on Offspring, we're going to be somewhere around an hour and maybe a little bit more. But So we're just going to have to see. So it's, it's, it's tricky because you want to play all the old, favorites you know like the fat lips and into deep still waitings and all that stuff but then you have to fit in some new songs and you have to fit in obviously people want to hear some truck stuff because it's the anniversary we've been talking about it so it's just going to be like a set list finagle every day you know just to find out which which ones are the exact ones we, we have we should play Mm-hmm. for sure so when we talk about some of those older classics, when you take a break away from some 41 for a while and you come back and suddenly you guys are considered iconic and all these other things and you look back on your career do, and you have all these new experiences, do any of the songs that you guys released in the past, do they take on a new meaning for you? Um, in, in a little bit of a way. I mean, some songs grow to be bigger just from fans reactions to them you know like a song like say some say from chuck which we were playing when chuck came out but then we just stopped playing it and we haven't played it since i don't know probably 2005 all of a sudden we're playing it again right now and it's it seems to be like one of the biggest songs in the set 
And so we would kind of scratch our heads and be like, why haven't we been playing this song <laughs> for the last 14 years? Um, so it's just songs like that. Like you just never know, you know, you stop playing them and then you come back and play them and they've, you realize they've become bigger over time and, you know, people still love them and want to hear them. And a song, even like the last song on track 88, it's the same thing as like, you know, we're playing it on this and we don't really play it all the time. And it's just become one of those kind of fan favorite songs. And it's the last track on, on Chuck and we would have never thought that. So it's just, um, you know, it's kind of that thing where it just over time, these, some of these songs just become fan favorites and you don't even realize it until you start playing them again. So one thing that was very important around the time of the recording of Chuck was your guys' work with War Child. So you guys have actually began working with War Child again. So what is, how does it feel to know that you can continue to make a difference with your art? It's important with us because we, you know, we first did it, uh, I guess, in 2004. Um, obviously, what happened happened in the Congo, and it was, you know, we went over there to do something good, and we got caught in that, you know, the war and all this whole thing. So, you know, having the anniversary track, it just seemed fitting to, I mean, we've done stuff like this throughout our whole career. Um, the war child thing just came up again um, because we were in contact with them again. And um, we still think it's really important what they're doing. You know, they're still doing great things over there. So it was kind of a no brainer for us to, you know, do something with them again. And it's super easy. I feel like, more bands should be doing stuff like this because um, it's just it's easy for the band to do it, you know it's just adding you know it's just a dollar from the ticket of every ticket sold just goes them it's so simple and but it goes a long way in helping people over there so um, you know stuff comes up and stuff comes up and we get approached with stuff and if we feel like we really want to do it and we feel a connection to it um, then we'll do it Awesome. Is that sort of just how the Artist for Sudan thing came about for you too with the Art Sunday Bloody Sunday? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Make Music Matter is um, another uh, organization that I've done a lot with over the past couple years. And so, you know, Darcy, the CEO, kind of just had this idea because there's a bunch of, you know, obviously bad things going on in Sudan. So he, I was home at the time and he's like, listen, we're going to do this song. We're going to try and get a couple singers, Canadian singers to sing on it. And do you want to play bass? I was like, absolutely. And then it's kind of snowballed from there. All of a sudden he had like 30 singers. Everyone wanted to get involved with it. Um, so it turned into this huge um, thing with tons of singers wanting to sing on it. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I was lucky to play bass on it and I was super happy to do it. No doubt, for sure. I mean, with 30 different singers and to have that opportunity to be the bass player behind something so powerful is an incredible opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, and it's doing good stuff for, you know, a country that's having some serious issues. So that was, I mean, that's number one. Well, I'm glad that you guys continue to bring the crunch everywhere that you go and that you continue to make a difference at the exact same time. Thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to do so today, Cone. All right. No problem. Thanks for having me. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you so very much. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. The track you heard in the middle of today's show is entitled Turning Away, and it is the lead track on Order in Decline. 
Sum 41's latest album, Order and Decline, can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, and pretty much anywhere else where you, the listener of the Desert Tiger Podcast, finds your music. Of course, you can also go ahead and head on over to sum41.com to find the links to those streaming services. And if you are more interested in getting yourself a physical copy of Order and Decline, you can also find the links to those sources there as well. While you're checking out Sum41.com, why don't you go ahead and check out the band's upcoming 2019 tour dates as they are heading across North America from the rest of October, pretty much up until the Christmas break. And those dates break down as follows. Tonight, that of course being October the 24th, Sum41 is going to be playing Memphis, Tennessee. On the 26th of October, Sum 41 is heading on over to Raleigh, North Carolina. October 27th, Silver Spring, Maryland. The 28th, New York, New York in the prestigious Hammerstein Ballroom. October 29th, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And on Halloween of 2019, October 31st, they are in Worcester, Massachusetts. And come November... Sum 41 is heading north of the border as on November the 2nd, they're going to be playing the 27th annual Halloween Howler in Edmonton, Alberta. And after that, they team up with the almighty offspring to head across Canada. And that kicks off on Tuesday, November the 12th in Halifax, Nova Scotia. On the 13th of November, they head to Moncton, New Brunswick, and then they head to Ontario, where on the 15th, they are playing St. Catharines, followed by Sudbury, Ontario, on the 17th of November. After that, they head off to Quebec to play a show in Lavelle on November 17th, heading back to Ontario to Sault Ste. Marie, on November 19th, and then they head to the West Coast, starting off in Winnipeg, Manitoba, on November 21st. Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, on November 22nd. Estevan, Saskatchewan, November 23rd. Medicine Hat, Alberta, November 25th. On the 26th of November, they play in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. The 27th, Cranbrook, British Columbia, November 29th, Penticton, November 30th, Abbotsford, and on December the 2nd, they wrap up the Canadian leg of the Order and Decline World Tour in Kamloops, British Columbia, my hometown, where you know I definitely already have my tickets to this amazing show, and if you're in Canada, you can definitely check out one of those dates after that. They had back to the states December 13th, Niagara Falls, December 14th, Cincinnati, Ohio, December 15th, Belvedere, Illinois, December 17th, Nashville, Tennessee, December 18th, Orlando, Florida, December 20th, Fort Wayne, Indiana, December 21st, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and last before the Christmas break is December 22nd in St. Louis, Missouri. So if you are one of the listeners of the Desert Tiger podcast in one of those areas, you are definitely going to want to check out 
one of these upcoming shows from Sum 41. It's going to be killer. You're going to be hearing some order and decline. Maybe you're going to be hearing some of Chuck as it is the 15-year anniversary as that as well. So no matter what, you know it's going to be an amazing show. So go ahead and check it out. I also want to go ahead and thank Sarah from over at Hopeless Records as well as Looters for going ahead and setting up this interview with Cone of Sum 41. I am extremely thankful for everything that Sarah and her team have gone ahead and done. So go ahead and give them a big round of applause. And of course, while you're going and doing that, give yourself a round of applause as well because next I'm thanking you the listeners of the DTP for checking out today's episode of the show. If you're new to the podcast, maybe you want to go ahead and consider hitting the subscribe button. Maybe you want to go ahead and consider leaving a five-star review over on iTunes, Apple Podcast, or Stitcher Radio, as that helps the show chart, helps us reach new fans, which in turn helps us get bigger and better guests on Desert Tiger which is a very, very much win-win. And maybe if you enjoyed what you heard on today's episode, you maybe want to consider sharing this episode with your friends on your family, maybe by word of mouth or by social media, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, whatever it is. I would appreciate it. Maybe go ahead and tag the podcast or myself, Colton G, in any of those posts so we can go and show you you some love for your efforts in helping desert tiger grow all right until next week i want you to hear you guys give your biggest loudest dtp roar possible stay beautiful stay hungry get out there chase dreams and make a difference all right i'll catch you guys next week